Hey, welcome to the Junto Show. I'm Lance, and I'm woke with jokes. Hey, I'm Johnny, founder of TheVentureOut.com, the best way to get productive and positive in the morning. And I'm Bo. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Still gets a laugh every time, Bo. Yep. It gets me. It gets me. All right, so today is Friday, April 26th, 2013, and the Junto is a club Benjamin Franklin founded way back when America was great. The purpose of the Junto was to debate questions of morals, politics, and natural philosophy. Our show's not quite that stuffy, but here and there we stumble upon something profound, profound. between the geeky jokes. How's everybody doing? Doing fantastic, man. Ah, yes. Good to hear it. Good to hear it. And I'm doing good. And I just want to bring up the one word that I did forget in our uh, Too Hot segment. Okay. Uh, it is, uh, the French term is la paix du vide. Uh, translates to call the void so if you're standing on the balcony and you feel an urge to jump that's what it's called <laughs> and oh. it's more normal than you think well they got dark real fast yeah <laughs> yeah i just wanted to bring that up <laughs> okay so speaking of our premium episode johnny yeah so in case you haven't heard of it well, the junta show also also offers a premium episode which means these are the topics that are too hot to handle on the real episode that you're currently listening to so to sign up go to patreon.com slash junto show where a contribution as small as $1 earns you more episodes. It's a J-U-N-T-O for those of you. Who, uh, I think it's really hurting our relationship that, that our name is hard to spell. <laughs> and it like means together in Spanish. <laughs> There's some other Patreon page that's making tons of money off of us right now. <laughs> I don't know about tons. <laughs> so it's like it either means together in Spanish or like a military dictatorship. <laughs> They're the two things that we're fighting against on Google results. <laughs> <laughs> so on today's uh, premium episode, we talked about whether or not it is a good thing to have the ability to be anonymous online? Does it lead to uh, bad comments? And look at any YouTube page, look at the, the, any Star Wars movie YouTube uh, comments, or is it a good thing because people are uh, able to live their best lives? All right. So, you guys got anything you want to talk about before we get into the old uh, hot take news? Yeah. The fact that we have to stay off the internet for the next several days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I think you're an episode of Game of Thrones behind, huh? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay. did you watch the last episode? I, I watched them. I watched them quite often. <laughs> okay. Well, that's and, not fair. You'd be right. And I listen to. I, I watch them. Uh, listen to podcasts. Uh, I, I, I digest. Hey man, quite hey a bit. man, don't judge me. I pay for that subscription. <laughs> I'll watch that when I want to. There's a lot going on. Okay. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and also, I, but I think what Johnny was really referring to yeah. is uh, yeah. Avengers Endgame comes out tonight. I have. Easily twenty blocked keywords on Twitter, and I deleted yeah. Instagram off my <laughs> off my phone until I because <laughs> I don't want to do it. Okay, so speaking of Avengers Endgame, uh, in our little friend group, we do uh, a little game. It's kind of like fantasy football, but for movie opening. Boxing. Little, it's humongous and great. All right, <laughs> but we we play a game where Wait, where we, Johnny actually wanted you to talk about this. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, All right. I mean, where we we guess box office numbers. All right, so. All right. And, uh, uh, all records indicate. Hey, I got scared for a second. It's like, what do you think he's going to talk about, Bo? <laughs> the, um, oh. the, the entries have already been due, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Avengers is, by all accounts, going to break the record for all-time opening weekend box office. So what number, what uh, amount of money do you think it's going to make in opening weekend? The record, I think, is three hundred. I mean, $254 million for the last Avengers Infinity War. So what do you think uh, Avengers Endgame is going to make this weekend? The, the problem Friday I, to Sunday. The problem I have is there must be some sort of maximum point where yes. even if it plays around the clock for a three-hour movie and every single theater is capable of playing it, there must be a top upper limit to how much money a movie can make in 
a Friday through Sunday box office. It's uh, three uh, hours. Yeah, it's three hours. Oh, it, it, there's like a, there's, they're saying there's no point in time where you can go pee. <laughs> and, yeah. and also the thing to note, um, I'm bringing a bottle. Avengers three <laughs> wasn't even so like I'm bringing a wag bag. <laughs> What's a wag bag? Where you poop in it? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's, uh, you have to do that when Thanos comes out. <laughs> <Like, "Ooh." laughs> I'm gonna throw it on the screen. Yep. That's a oh man. Uh, okay, so p- part of one of the, the limiting factor for how much money a movie can make, he's still going, is uh, how many theaters it's in. And uh, Avengers three wasn't even the movie that was in the most theaters. It was like uh, the Incredibles two or something like that. Was it? Yeah, it was weird. It, I thought it, it might have been Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Get out of here. I did have an Assassin's Creed thing I wanted to bring up. I forgot what it was, though. Okay, anyway, so so I I think it's going to make $285 million. I'm going to say it's going to make the magic number 300 Ooh, Ooh, that's high. 50, gonna, 50 million more? That's like 40% more. It's going to do it, 30%. man. I'm going to go uh, 215 I mean, no, less than the previous no, one? Less this, than the previous one. No way. Yeah. Really? Three-hour movie? Who, who has time for that? I don't. About 300 million people. <laughs> hey, Lance, pretend Bo can't hear us. Bo hasn't done good in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why. I, well, wait. I did win one year. Did, oh, you won a year? I did. Didn't I? I, I got... Okay, so I got. I won the playoff first part. Oh. Yeah. Because I, I didn't no, win. He's right. He yeah. did win a year. He yeah. did win. Oh, this joke's he on did you. Win. Joke is on me. <laughs> Commissioner of the game. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that garbage. All right, we're going to get things started with our first segment, Hot Take News. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. Okay, so speaking of Avengers Endgame, Captain America himself, Chris Evans, is trying to make a news platform that weighs both sides. Have you guys, you guys seen anything about this? Fake news. <laughs> no, it's, it's real news, and he's trying to fight the fake news problem. So he said to himself, he looked around and said, you know, everybody's getting their media from Fox News or MSNBC. Where can I go to find an unbiased news source? The thing that we've brought up on the Junto yeah. Show. And so he has sought out to create said uh, platform for unbiased news, and which I think is a laudable goal. But his problem is that he sent a video invitation to congressional members from both parties to ask them to participate in interviews for a civic engagement website that will be aimed at reducing partisanship and promoting respectful discourse. I'm like, okay, good idea. But asking sitting members of Congress to be the platform, the arbitrate arbiters of what's well, he said ask for interviews right he didn't ask for them to be part of the they're not presenters right no i think he's going to be like say okay so here's the top uh, the topic at hand uh health uh gop leader what is your thought on health care and uh democrat leader what is your thought on health care and i'm like that is the absolute worst way to if you're trying to inform the public those two people are the worst people that you could get yeah to. those people probably need the informing you're saying right or they're, they're just not going to give you straight talk they're going to give you whatever Spin. Yeah, they're going to they're going to spin you crazy. Like you would do much much better to go to people on like. Uh, okay, so my question to you guys: Who do you think would be the actual person he should be talking to to get the quote unquote unbiased view of a particular topic in the news? Well, uh, you know, <laughs> I personally think that there's not enough long form news articles about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, especially video articles. If you were to watch, you know, any of the. You know, obviously, twenty-four hour news and stuff that gets churned out, churned out, churned yeah, out. Yeah, just do people arguing about something. It's just, it's nothing. It's like, like KKK member yeah. and black guy. Please tell us race relations. Well, so yeah, he wants I, to watch two. Wants to listen to three people just arguing all day. Yeah. And <laughs> me, <laughs> I, well, I, 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 I don't our know. listeners. The, the metaphor I kind of have is I, I'm a. I used to watch a lot of ESPN, and mm-hmm. and I don't. I'm guessing 
our couple of our listeners may have watched a lot of ESPN. But if you were to watch all of the football season, right, and watch ESPN the whole entire time, you would know you would not know how to play football. Yeah, yeah. You don't know anything about Has it. All, okay, so my question to you, I, you I, would you would you'd be like this guy is better. You would be able to see that because you could actually see him play and see him run past other mm-hmm. people. But you would be like, you would not know, you know, how does a quarterback read to do this? What are the gaps that the running back goes in? What's the blocking scheme that this does? You know, blah, 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 blah. That's the same thing that you get from all the other stuff. Like, you can watch Fox, MSNBC, any of the news programs, and you will know nothing about any of the topics. You'll know what happened, but you'll know what the most salacious thing that happened is. But, like, and this is why I talked... Sent you guys congressional dish because what she actually does is read the laws and tells you what happens. I know it, it, it hurt my feelings so bad when you guys don't like it. But no, I'm like, no, I mean it's. I I would say she's doing she's doing good because she's actually going into it. I may not agree with the her findings or something like that, mm-hmm. but I do like that. You know, like you said, Chris Evans is trying to make like a a nonpartisan news agency, which I guess that's kind of a a lofty goal. I don't think that's achievable. But it is a laudable goal for him to go for that, much like it is good for the congressional dish lady to, to do what she's doing. Yeah, I think she I think she thinks that's what she's doing. I think that she has what she's doing as well. Okay. Better than the news, for sure. How about that? Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. I would not. <laughs> well, I, you listen to what, like two of them? Yeah. yeah. There you go. So good luck with that, uh, Chris. One, I like Chris Evans, and I wish him well. I think... Uh, He'll figure it out probably. Hire me to be your consultant because you need better consultants. Okay, yeah. so we Good luck to him. we're uh, what going on three weeks since the Mueller report came out? Maybe maybe two yeah, weeks. Maybe two. Yeah. So um, my question to you guys: We talked a lot about it. Um, oh, so I uh, I went back and listened to our old premium episodes where we discussed the Mueller report. So our uh, was it predictions on how bad it would be on a scale from zero to ten. Of how much of a how much collusion collusion or witch hunt is the zero to ten? Uh, so switch zero is zero nothing. zero is a witch hunt and uh, it's all made up fake news. Trump doesn't even talk about Russia. Like why are you thinking that he did anything? And ten is he's a Russian agent um, working for the Kremlin, uh, a, a literal spy. All right. Uh, what? So to refresh your memories, we said Johnny said that uh, it was a two out of ten. On the old Kaludo meter, <laughs> okay, yeah. Bo, you said it was a five out of ten on the Kaludo meter. At, at least a five is, is, is your quote. Yeah. And for some reason, I didn't give a number, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably the most accurate answer. And then, um, but I did say that there will be no impeachment, and that, and this is, this is after the Helsinki summit. And I said that if he really was a Russian agent, he wouldn't be acting so supplicant to Vladimir Putin because it's so obvious that he is a Russian agent. That he would be a Russian agent, so um, I think I probably would have probably put myself at a six or a seven, given the way I was talking in that episode. Okay, <laughs> and I think I'm still right. <laughs> what? How are you talking about? <laughs> it's clearly collusion. It, it's no, no, no. I, I think there's clearly um, no conspiracy, but I think there's definitely a case there for obstruction, now, and that's the piece that is going to get tangled. And get very messy in the next several weeks, if not during the next election cycle. So the that's thing, my new prediction. The thing about the Mueller report, it, it was literally the worst of bo- wor- both worlds. Because what he he so he made three, no one happy. Right. So the thing he could have done, he could have been like, no, no collusion, and Trump's innocent, and no repercussions coming. He could have been like, there was collusion, that, and that's like the best for the country or whatever. And then he could have been like, um, there was collusion, and we're going to prosecute him because he what he did was collusion. It was bad. But then what he really did was say there was collusion. And we're not going to prosecute him. No, I, 
I don't think he said there was collusion. I, I think he said there is obstruction, he, but there is no evidence or not enough evidence to yeah. prove any conspiracy. And this is the part that is frustrating because he was like, everybody's saying that there, there's no chargeable offenses of collusion and then kind of just glance over the fact that people on the Trump campaign were giving campaign information to Russian agents. They had the meeting in Trump Tower where they met with Russian agents who said, we're offering you dirt on Hillary Clinton. Roger Stone, who was working for Trump, working at least as an uh, an agent, uh, maybe not for the official campaign, but was working for Trump, was like talking with the guy from WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks to give data out. So it's like they really did stuff to talk to the Russians, lied about them all under oath, met with Russians like a million times. And then they were like, yeah, but nothing to see here. So I'm yeah. like, what the hell is that? So so I remember reading um, was it what was Comey's book? That he wrote, he came out with uh, Big Tall Loser, I think is what he called it. <laughs> yeah, nobody read that book. Well, so I read the book. And, <laughs> uh, what they what he had talked about, and this is the thing that I I think is kind of a I don't I, would, I don't even know if it's a quirk, but I think it's it seems it feels wrong. It feels like a wrong way to do it. The law as it is right now, a, a higher loyalty. Uh, yeah, higher loyalty. So the uh, the law as it is right now is that. If you're going to break the law, you have to know that you are breaking the law. So you have to you have to know that it's bad to do this, and then you have to like willfully, break, and for, then they have to prove intent for conspiracy charges. Hey, so here's a, a guy who spent a year on a jury, on a grand jury. Yeah. That is a effing BS. <laughs> we put people in jail all the time and did not prove that they uh like. You don't have to be like, oh, officer, I didn't know it was okay to to smoke weed. I didn't know I couldn't smoke weed. And then the officer be like, okay, young black male, please don't do it again. Like that has happened zero times in the history of the world. But somehow, when you commit white collar crimes, they have to go through all the jump through all of these hoops to show that you had intent to to steal a hundred million dollars from from uh from the treasury or commit bank fraud or whatever, or to meet with Russians and then lie about it and then say, well, we didn't know that you knew it was bad, even though you lied about it for two months afterwards. You know, like. It seems to me that the level of benefit of the doubt that we accord to, let's call them white-collar criminals, is uh, not the same level of benefit of the doubt I saw the legal process giving to black and brown people over the course of the year I was on a grand well, jury. I, I, From, for much smaller crimes, by the way. So I think this hot tech news is bleeding into other topics a little bit, but in your very last argument there, Lance, I would agree with the white-collar crimes are... You know, they get away with things that, that is crazy. But going back to the Mueller report and what it says, and from the news that I've consumed, you know, it, it just doesn't tell me that there is a conspiracy there. But there is enough stuff there for obstruction of justice. And the reason why he's not doing that is because clearly that bar dude is covering for him. And there's that uh, current ruling, wherever that is, saying you can't indict a sitting president. So... Yeah, get rid of those two, or just at least get rid of Barr, and then we could have some actual criminal charges. Yeah. And I think the indicting president is not a a rule or law; it's just a stance the Department of Justice has taken. It's like a guideline, yeah. Like like don't date your coworker, like a guideline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the so the Department of Justice <laughs> I break that all day. You know, they come up with their own like this is what we this is how we interpret the law and some of that, and then they kind of follow that. And and the um fun little fun fact that I'm going to butcher for the context for where that ruling for or the decision that you can't indict a sitting president comes from was from Watergate where um they were trying to basically I think it was like uh because the vice president was also a criminal which a lot of people don't know like he let the vice president to Richard Nixon was a huge criminal. Spiro Agnew. Spiro Agnew. He was yeah. a huge racist big criminal. And uh and Nixon himself was also a criminal. So they were trying to get Agnew out before they before the 
like a separate investigation had convic- had found Agnew was giving like hush money and like kickbacks and stuff to people back home. And they were like, they knew Nixon was going to be impeached. So they were like, okay, there's a chance that we could impeach the president and then have the vice president get put in. But we are about to arrest him because he's a huge criminal. So they had the ruling from the Justice Department say that, okay, like you can't indict a president, but like, um, but we, we're going to try to use it as leverage to get him to leave the office, something, something like that. And so it's like it. And and also the dude that wrote that was like a he's still around too. It's it's either Bill Barr or like uh, one of the Supreme Court justices or something like that. Right. The dude that wrote that is still around, and then, so it's all shady and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, next topic. Let me see. I think I probably got space for one more here. Mm, okay, quick one, quick one here. A uh, they just had presidential elections in the Ukraine. You guys hear about this? Ah, uh, <laughs> I was actually going to talk about this. <laughs> okay, so in in the Ukraine. Uh, basically, the the equivalent of John Stewart from The Daily Show, a Ukrainian comedian who played a fake president on TV, an anti-corruption press, <laughs> <laughs> won the presidential election in Ukraine by a large margin. Yep. No political experience, no nothing. John Stewart of Ukraine, you're won, on TV, won an election, <laughs> won the presidency. Fantastic. So, so I'm like, uh, Ukraine <laughs> okay. just elected a guy who's a joke. Um, Israel just elected a indicted well, criminal. Well, so that so that may not be one hundred percent true. There was a, there's a story in Iceland, talking about Iceland, mm-hmm. right, where the mayor of Reykjavik was when a, he was a John Stewart like character, mm-hmm. and he he kind of did this fake uh, fake mayoral campaign and actually won, and he was actually a really popular mayor, and he actually you know according to the story that I read, he actually did a lot of good for yeah. the eight years he was in. I think that's totally fine. I mean, like I'm sure John Stewart himself is highly educated on the on the issues of the day. You know? I don't know if you have to be. I'm not saying you have to be, but it doesn't mean just because their profession was a comedian or a actor doesn't mean they don't know things and they could be a fantastic, you know? Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Ron Reagan, whoever else and stuff. You know, bad example. But, <laughs> but I will say that the, the Trump presidency, I think, has lowered the bar for uh, for what a president, the qualifications, quote unquote, to, well, to be well, a president. Well, there's not too many real qualifications, right? American well, yeah, citizen, yeah, you, you have, have to be over 35. You have to be breathing. So, yeah. so I'm saying to myself, okay, so <laughs> and you have to people have to like you. You don't have really. to spell correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's got to be over 35 and uh, natural born citizen of the United States. I mean, it gives me hope because Trump can't pronounce very well, and I can't either. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think there's more differences between you two than that. O- almond juices. The almond juices? <laughs> he's trying to say oranges, I think. <laughs> no, oh, the, or- the, the or- he's trying oranges. Say, he's trying to say oranges. oranges. <laughs> he says he's oranges. Like, <laughs> the, the the oranges of the investigation. <laughs> Nobody knows the origins of the witch cut. <laughs> origins. <laughs> so, stupid. so stupid. All right. Um, oh, so the joke I was going for there was a uh, uh, Ukraine just elected a joke. It, Israel just elected an indicted criminal. And the uh, United States actually is a global trendsetter. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, and in uh, in happy news, or maybe not happy, but a thing I thought was funny the end the segment here. Okay. In uh, good news, we're not alone. A recent uptick in sightings of unidentified flying objects, or as the military calls them, unexplained aerial phenomena, prompted the Navy to draft formal procedures for pilots to document encounters, a corrective measure that former officials say is long overdue. So basically, there's so many military pilots seeing UFOs that they decided to formalize the process for documenting them. So I said, in some cases, pilots, many of whom are engineers or academy graduates, claim to observe small spherical objects flying in formation. Others say they've seen white tic-tac-shaped vehicles. Aside from drones, all engines rely on burning fuel to generate power. But these vehicles had no air intakes, no wind, and no exhaust. 
They said they're faster than the jets that they're in. These uh, sightings have baffled and awestruck pilots. They've re- been reporting unidentified flying aircraft, and basically nobody believed them, and they didn't want to seem crazy for admitting it, but they were like, okay, but at the same time, these are real things that we're seeing, or they think they're real. I don't know. What, what do we do with that, right? Hmm. Trained pilots, are, like Navy air pilots, enough of them to where this has made a news are claiming to see UFOs. So, so, so yeah, m- m- maybe we shouldn't be talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I grew up uh, in the panhandle of Florida, and uh, there is uh, one of the UFO hotspots of the world, or at least of America, is in Gulf Breeze, Florida, or that area. No, so, it's it's just a little... Aliens like the beach. Uh, well, beach like beach. <laughs> well, so, the other thing that is enough is about that area is it's one of the largest naval air training facilities. Mm. So if the Navy is flying anything that they want to deem experimental, if they just is a regular plane on a on a weird day, and you're going to probably have more sightings of that thing yeah, so, there than so, any other place. So like regular people saying that it's weird stuff, right? You know, that makes sense. But these are pilots saying they're seeing it in the air. Yeah, but these pilots are flying, what, 500 miles per hour, and then they see a Tic Tac fly by. <laughs> I mean, it could be a duck. It could be a fat duck. All right. All right. I have more faith in our armed forces than you do. Both hates America. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny that when the galactic travelers come to say, uh, take us to your leader, we're going to have to be like, mm, can you wait till after the election? The guy we have now doesn't like aliens. No. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> <laughs> For all of us here at News Center 4, I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to The Hunter Show. I am still Johnny. I remain Lance. First Officer Bill reporting. And Science Officer Lance. There you go, guys. Come on in to the ready room. I believe that I can do more. Hasn't that been the problem all along? You've never been willing to do what's necessary to attain that. So, as we often do here in the Captain's Red Room, we're always uh, trying to understand ourselves a little more and how that will hopefully help improve our awareness and how we impact others and just, you know, general happiness in life to a degree. So, today, I'd like to bring up the topic of negotiations. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah. So, I am currently taking an online course, and the last topic was about negotiations, and the guy walks you through... Through work? It's sponsored through work, but yeah, it's, uh, it's... Given through MIT, I'm like a guinea pig for this new online course they're going to unleash, I guess, or something. All right, cool. So it's this pretty simple concept. There's four steps to this whole thing. And one thing he does right away to kind of wrap your head around this whole thing is it's not a compromise. It's not a I win, you lose situation when you go into this negotiation. But that's not a compromise. Yeah. <laughs> like there is a potential for a negotiation result where everybody gets more perhaps than what they all wanted to agree right. if you're willing to to do that to to go there right yep. so we're going to walk through the four step process well that's like basic economic transactions like you you like you it's perform like a service i do something you know i have a i have a product you perform a service if we trade you know product for service and we both generate value we generate value and we both will come on ahead if you say so. Yeah, it's like, let's say you have like a... Sounds to me like this prop, uh, capitalist propaganda you're trying to put in your <laughs> mind here. <laughs> I'm not falling for it. That's why you're not first off. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very uh, 
capitalist ship here. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, I think Bill has a point there. Where, from a pure, simple trade concept, where let's say, Lance, theory, I guess in theory, everything you buy, you think that it's worth the price you're paying for it. Yes. So, yep. yeah, okay, and, and the person selling it doesn't think it's to them personally worth that much. Mm, I mean, depending uh, minus coercion or like a pawn shop or whatever. Yeah, sure. like I didn't think at the grocery store, you, like you think you're getting a good deal, but clearly you're not because otherwise the but, store wouldn't be open. It's I think it's easier concept to understand if you go back like way back in the day where let's say I'm I've got a hundred chickens I've been raising uh-huh. the hundredth chicken ain't that worth that much to me but I don't have any cow's chopped, milk or chopped wood or chopped wood or something and Bo's over there chopping wood all day long he's got tons of chopped wood I don't have any because I'm weakling and what I can't am I chop gonna wood. do with all this chopped wood <laughs> yeah and after chopping all day he could use a good roasted chicken okay boy so, I could go for a chicken so so we trade. <laughs> I get some chopped wood. He gets some chicken. We both feel like we've got more value than we had to begin with. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. It's one for a hundred on analogies there, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Finally, I'm going to stop the segment. Thank you for joining me in the captain's basket. Okay. So four-step process. But before we start, do you all have any anything you are currently going through negotiation-wise that you want to get out of, get more out of? Nah, but so, so I don't think I have anything personally. So what I want to do is because yes. we had, uh, if you remember, the famous segment on whether or not you should compromise ten percent evil, ten percent bad. Ooh. Right. So I'm going to apply that scenario in in my mind here, and right. uh, I'll pick the the '90s crime bill because it's far enough removed from anything we're going through now to to peak anybody's um All right. fancies. Sounds interesting. Let's see where this goes. Bo, any, anything come to mind for you? Uh, I'm I will I will make it more of a a real thing. Okay. And I want to negotiate with you guys, probably not very successfully. So, <laughs> over um, uh, getting uh, more equipment for the podcast. Oh, there you go. All right, right. I'm Interesting. fine with that. <laughs> okay. I mean, no, I'm not. <laughs> Convince me. <laughs> well, you like negotiation isn't something that is not a winner. You're not. We're not fighting each other. This is something that can help improve all of us. Is, is, is it just me? Am he's, I just he's a, starting already. Am I a bad person? Don't fall for it. He's starting already. Because I think for sure it's a fight. <laughs> and that's well, no, no. I'm saying I would like to get okay. I'd like to get more equipment for the podcast. Okay, I'll well, put this much money. I'll ask for some money from you guys. Yeah, see, and there's a kicker out. So I'll play devil's advocate for you too, as well as Lance. Maybe say, okay. no, what? I I don't have any money to spare for this thing, man. Anyway, okay. So. <laughs> okay. Well, so so we'll get there, right? Okay. And. Well, actually, that, that's probably enough, unless you, you want me to do another one, too. But that's probably enough examples to walk through this. Yeah, thing. that's because okay. if you got four different yeah. criteria. Okay. Right. So first, I mean, unless you got, you, you got a good one, you got one better than Bo's crappy idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how good mine would have worked either. I, my, is that part of the negotiation comb idea, crappy? Is that <laughs> so Trump does it. Okay. Because he got a deal. <laughs> yeah. okay. I like how serious you guys are taking this ready. Mine my, my, my would have been negotiating with a uh, new... new um, person i connected with online for a dating app for in, for example and how do i convince them that you know it's it's good to go out with me okay <laughs> ah, yes i have to trick you into <laughs> i'm applying mit level strategies to to find love <laughs> mit love <laughs> all right step one right. step one in what we call the mutual gains approach step one preparation all right not just an individual task but a group task so this could be done in groups of First thing you got to do is figure out what he calls um, BATNA, right? And BATNA is the best alternative to negotiating agreement. That's just a fancy word for saying, what will you walk away with? I mean, walk away from. If they offer this, you have to say no. What is your minimum? 
right? Get in your head before you start the negotiation. This I cannot accept. This is unacceptable. I would definitely walk away anything lower than this. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So with that in mind, I mean, to go even a level above that too would be... What's the acronym stand for again? BATNA stands for Best Alternative to a Negotiated Agreement. <laughs> doesn't, seem, a, doesn't seem to flow with what it actually is. Yeah. You should say if it was like, like Batman. Batman. <laughs> I think Batman. Better alternative to... Uh, nothing being, at all. Nothing, yeah, nothing <laughs> at bat. No. It's, no, it's better alternative than nothing at all. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it should be. Yeah. So like, so, boom! I should be at MIT. Screw this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so preparation. Know what you will walk away from. And an advanced level two would be put your mind, put, put yourself in the shoes of the other person you're negotiating with, and what would they definitely say no to? Just so you have an understanding of what that is. Yeah, you should know your opponent. Right. Because at no to point, crush them. At no point should you offer more than what their minimum is because they, they would have said yes to this minimum. Mm-hmm. So why would you ever offer more than that, right? So, yeah, play that mind and get into their mind and into their shoes to understand this. Okay. So This is where I fail. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, you should play more chess. Well, I, I, play, I play chess, but the chess doesn't make me go, oh, you know, I know what this okay. guy's emotional state is, you know. Okay, oh, so Bo, in terms, in terms of pot, additional podcast equipment, mm-hmm. yeah. what is the minimum item that you would want to walk away with like you, uh, you've got to at least get this out of us okay getting lance one of these guys one of these uh mic holders okay that's like a ten dollar piece of equipment probably yeah right uh, tune to patreon.com <laughs> <laughs> 10 15 you know something All right. like or maybe okay. a better one yeah good so, so now you know you have to at least get this otherwise yeah. it's a fail Right. Well, I mean, the actual minimum I would take is nothing, right? I would say, like, complete failure. I'd be like, well, we'll just keep doing what we're doing, you know. <laughs> so far, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Lance? Okay, so, again, my, my topic is uh, criminal justice reform. Uh, so, the minimum I'm striving for is to uh, reduce the prison population by t- uh, 15% over 10 years. So, what would be the minimum you would take? 15%. Okay. That's well, so, so, if I came in offering you, okay, man. Here's the deal. We'll reduce prison sentencing or whatever for by ten percent over the next f- several years. You say no, can't accept that deal. Well, I mean, like, if you don't want anything for it, then I'll take it clearly. <laughs> but I think, well, you're, yeah, yeah, you're probably going to try to get something else. Exactly. Yeah. There's some sort of give or take yeah. there. Okay. All right. Cool. Step one. Mm-hmm. Understand your batna. Right. Step two. Well, wait. Shouldn't I understand what I uh, ultimately want to? Like, there's a minimum to take, and then there's what I'm actually sure, going for. Of course. So, you, so w- what is your ideal situation? Is that is that another step, or is it's one over whatever your batna is? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it's part of preparation. It is. Okay. It is. So, batna would be the minimum. Yes. Right. What I'd really want is to get a small bare bones PC just for recording stuff, podcast. Oh. That's a what I really want. Yeah, it'd be like two hundred, two fifty, or something. I think it well for, for for recording maybe, but yeah. um, I think for for, for editing, no, it'd, be, it'd just time. be something that would it'd be like on a fixture that you stick here, and then when we come in, we come in, we just start and go. Mm. Okay, thought, thought, I thought, uh, but I also think that your bat and you definitely should like have your bare minimum and also like your your goal or whatever, like what you think you really could, could strive for, because like if you're just going into your negotiation, like okay, I'm going to take. Point one percent more than the bare minimum willing to accept. That's a recipe for getting played. I feel. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. what I'd really want is two hundred fifty dollar item. I I still think Lance, you need a 
mic holder. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think the the, the uh, <laughs> we used to do the podcast with their mics on top of wood chunks. <laughs> yeah, but but you see, now I'm on top of the uh, old Amazon box, and uh, I think my mic on top of so, the old Amazon box is just fine. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll jump real quick to advanced technique okay. ah. called anchoring. Okay, yeah. so using this as an example right here for podcast equipment, if Bo internally you know. Ideally, I want a $200 laptop dedicated to recording yep. episodes. My minimum is a, a mic stand for uh, Lancey. Anchoring would be aim even higher up, knowing that me and Lance would say, well, of course not, and then we'll go down from there. So, for instance, you could say, I think, guys, what we need is a $600 laptop that can do all these things mm-hmm. and also a recording mixer thing, right? This guy is terrible at making names for stuff. Like, I wouldn't call this anchoring either. I wouldn't call the first thing the first thing, and I wouldn't call this anchoring. <laughs> well, it's anchoring because if we didn't hear this topic yet, right? And Lance, wa- I mean, uh, Bo walks in and says, Hey, Lance, Johnny, I want a $600 laptop. I think we need a $600 laptop. That's what's anchoring our head now. That's our starting point. Me and you, fresh out, we're here. $600? That's ridiculous. Mm. But we're anchored there now. So you're saying my negotiation is already flubbed? Well, no, 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 just, no. Well, it sounds like because my anchor point was ten dollars, and I said two fifty, right? And well, then I want to say six hundred. Well, 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 the preparations done internally. You would tell the other guy the first part. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Preparations done internally. Okay. You know, in house. So. Uh, this one, this so. totally works. And this my is, anchor is now fifteen dollars. This, this is my. <laughs> I've screwed it. Up. This is the rationale. <laughs> this anchoring concept is yes. the rationale behind my entire yes. political philosophy as it stands right now. I I say that we should go as far crazy left as we can, and because when it comes out the wash, when you go through. Yes. Far crazy left means far crazy right, then you end up with reasonable stuff. Yeah. As opposed to reasonable left means far crazy right, then you end up with kind of right stuff. No. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree. don't. I don't agree. I agree. I, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that that is anchoring. So if you went in with that, me and Lance would be like, I call no. it star shooting because I'm better at naming things. <laughs> <laughs> so star shoot for uh, the $600 laptop, me and Lance will laugh you out of the room. But then when you come back and say, okay, okay, guys, how about a $200 laptop, okay? Me and Lance would probably be... I have tears in my fun. eyes, <laughs> yeah. and you don't have to feel bad for me. Now. Yeah. So here's what my, my mom my mom uh, anchors. She uh, Oh, she listened to these. I forgot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, the, years and years ago, she said that when she was uh, when she was dating, she used to tell guys that she had 10 kids, and they'd be like, damn! And she's like, no, 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 no. I only have four. <laughs> yeah. You remember when you went with me to negotiate to buy a car? Mm-hmm. I like. I was like... I'm sorry, like the most I could pay for this car is X amount of dollars. I was willing to pay more, but I like shot, shot way low just to get in his mind like, hey, this is what I'm working with here. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so anchoring. All right. Yeah, I saw John negotiate for that car and he uh, did a great job. And I was like, crap, man, he's so much better because I got my car a little bit before and I did much worse. <laughs> All right. All right. Step two, creating value. And in a nutshell, what it really means is People think you have to go in like hard, go in pushy, and go in like, oh, hey, this is what I got to. Well, I'm, I'm talking about negotiation <laughs> in the setting. <laughs> so <laughs> what works better, they say, is a cooperative move, mood, brainstorming mood. Ask questions. Listen to what they have to say. Let them feel like they're being listened to. So you can actually get information out of them, right? Mm. So. How do you use this in carbon? This guy, based and, on, and, is this based on science? Or, or? It's based on science. And I guess. Yeah. And and this also helps you validate what you thought their bat note was a little bit, right? So you try to get some clues on this thing. Maybe a good analogy here. <laughs> here, here goes. <laughs> it's kind of like a poker to a degree, maybe. Like, uh-huh. like maybe here, I know my hand. I'm guessing what their hand is, right? Their bat note. 
So now in this cooperative mood, I'm trying to solicit information from them. Like I'm going to try to talk to them. I'm going to see what they're engaged. Are they going to, you know, what information and tell can they tell me? Right. All right. All right. I mean, so. if you can get them talking, uh, they're liable to, well, unless they're a super scammer, then they'll uh, hit you with the old, um, the star, their own star sheet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was thinking in, in poker, I guess what you do is you say, okay, uh, you anchor the negotiation with your betting, right? Is that it? That was a bad analogy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe in the uh, current example of like podcast equipment, Bo, to facilitate a cooperative mood, you might have brought over a six pack of ciders. Yeah, to get us into the mood, get us loosened up a little bit, get us all friendly. This negotiation has gone terribly because I didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you know for for next time. I think I've actually done the exact opposite. (laughs) Everything that (laughs) said. To be completely honest here. Any any thoughts for you as far as cooperative mood with your? uh... Uh, Okay, so it was you have to create a cooperative mood. Um, I mean. I'm cordial in the at least in the beginning, <laughs> you know. Then I right. read your cues and treat you with the appropriate level of vitriol. <laughs> um, but uh, okay, so you know, I'm in my negotiation. Like, hey, you know, we're trying to get this prison reform going. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's great. Oh man, it's a nice uh, red tie you got there. Snazzy American flag yeah. lapel there, sir. Hey, so why don't you want to go for at least twenty five percent, sir, in, re- in reducing criminal? And they'll state some points and stuff. Mm-hmm. And now that's data point for you. Say, okay, well, maybe I can compromise on these other points he's talking yeah. about. Or, so. I would, if I were you, I would approach it probably from, I'm guessing you're going to be talking to uh, some Republican person or that. Mm-hmm. And I, you could probably frame the argument not in terms of human dignity and, and human rights. Right, because they right, don't care about I'm that. glad you realize they don't yes. have to care about that. And you can <laughs> frame it in terms of if you cut down on 25% of the population, you don't have to pay as much money towards the prison system and you save that much more money. There's fewer people uh, getting free health care. Yeah, I know how you hate that. <laughs> there you go. That's a... <laughs> so, you know, like that. It's a win-win. <laughs> all right, all right. Step three is called distributing value. Yeah. Okay? And the uh, takeaway here for me is, oh, there's two good ones here. One is, can you envision writing the victory speech for, your, uh, for the other person? Right? Ah, because one. if you can't... So in this negotiating, in negotiation, if I'm trying to get a deal so harsh for the other person that they walk away, like they can't even go back to their boss or go back to their home base or whatever and say that they succeeded, why would they ever agree to this deal to begin with? So you, you've got to put yourself in their shoes. It's such a case that that Republican congressman can go back to his party and say, hey, guys, I got a great deal, right? I've reduced the number of uh, money going towards prison system, re- Reduce the number of people who's getting free health care, whatever it is. Like, <laughs> couch it into that that kind of mindset there. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, I like, I like that one. I like that one. Yeah. I mean, so do you tell them? No, no, like, no. You, like, no. do you pitch it to them? Like, oh, this is what, you know, if you go through with this deal, you, you could. You could do you it. Could. Uh, well, is that what he says or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I definitely think it's a, um, I mean, you probably wouldn't be that explicit with it, but you would kind of pepper the discussion in there. Like, okay, once you understand how he could frame it, then you could use that to pitch him on him or her on right. the particular thing. That's yeah. probably the best nugget out of this whole thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. I'm a right. huge fan of being of teaching yourself to think about yeah. your opponent's uh, perspective and and their their tactics and their moves. Like I'm, that's that's how you get them. <laughs> that so that is how that's how you get them. them. You get them. <laughs> yeah. So an additional point on this step three is uh, making conditional agreements. Right. So let's say. Uh, this deal depends on the outcome of something, right? The economy, for instance, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So 
I believe the economy is going to grow. Let's say the other person believes the economy is not going to grow. So in the agreement, it could be, hey, so, so let's agree this. If the economy grows, we'll reduce prison sentencing by 25%. But if it doesn't grow, we'll keep it at just 0.5%, right? Because in your mind, if you're confident of that conditional statement, you'll go for it. And the other person will also go for it because they don't think the condition will will occur. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's playing that's playing on the fact that you think that your person has an opposite viewpoint of you. If you both sure. think the economy is going to grow, then... Right. Then there's something else you need to consider. But yeah. if they're in the discussion is a condition that you think will happen, the other person doesn't think, or vice versa, make a deal. Because yeah. if you're confident, it, it'll work out for you. I wouldn't if, offer that up, though. So maybe like if it sounds like if your negotiation's going bad or whatever, then you would do that. But if it's going good, I wouldn't be like, all right, now that I got you, I'll give it up if something doesn't happen. <laughs> like, that sounds like a yeah. loser idea. Yeah. You know, like, for instance, Bo, maybe the podcasting thing would be like, if you believe we're going to get like two more Patreon users <laughs> after this episode, you can say, hey, guys, tell you what, let's just agree to the laptop if we get at least just two users. Yeah, more you, more like once we get two more, let's uh, let's treat ourselves to yeah. something. So you, you guys could uh, get me off this box <laughs> if uh, you <laughs> tell your friends to subscribe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, so that's a condition. If you think it's going to happen, why not make yeah, it agreement? Yeah, yeah. That's actually, I think, a pretty good thing that I don't do enough. I don't yeah. probably do the conditional thing. I probably just am like... What you don't you don't apparently see the uh, that it's also good for you and me? Do yeah. it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're down to the last step, guys. Last okay. step. Last step is simply follow through. You know, most people think negotiation ends after signing the agreement, but it doesn't. There is such a thing as called predictable surprises. After the negotiation, people change out, laws change, conditions change, new competitors emerge onto the market, things just change. So build that into the agreement. So don't just agree on like hey, this is how we're going to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Let's also agree on like, well, we know something's going to go wrong. We, we know that laptop is going to be $200 plus tax. And shipping. And shipping, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe we kind of build that into it too. You know, like just, you know, if there's a dispute or something like that too where, I don't know, like, hey, more than one person wants to borrow this laptop or something like that. Do I need to get approval from YouTube? I go mm-hmm. take it off site or something, you know? So that kind of stuff, just build it into it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, plan planning ahead. You know, especially for things that if you think about it a little bit, you know, like you know, uh, I don't know, blah 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 blah. Yeah, fine. It's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's like the worst time to come up with ideas for solutions is during the fight, because at that point things have gone wrong. You're kind of dug in. Oh, yeah. oh, you're yeah. After gonna, it goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to be in a spirit of cooperation at that point. Okay. Deal with un- unintended consequences. Yeah. Take so, a little bit of time to intend them. So yeah. So during <laughs> during the negotiation, yeah. you should think about. After the deal is gone, all the things that could go wrong, right. and what you would do to yeah. mitigate and solve that, right? Yeah. So, so my analogy would be, hey, hey, potential um, uh, wife, in case we do break up one day, how do we split our uh, incomes and uh, parental rights of the kids? It's called a prenup. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm pro prenup. Am I? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I definitely think it's a thing people should consider if they need to consider it. Yeah. yeah, pro prenup and pro prenup accessories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bobby. Okay. All right. Well, well, there you go. You got the four-step process on how to negotiate anybody down from what they want. 
Yeah, um, probably copyright violation in there too. I don't know. If the, is this a guy okay with you t- giving out his crap? <laughs> it's probably searchable out there. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mention the dude's name. There you go. There yeah. you go. Johnny. You, you know, you could always make up your new words for what he said. Yeah. yeah instead of bat nights, uh, Batman. The Batman. The Batman. <laughs> the Batman and uh, what Star. Are this, what are the steps? Batman. Starshoot. Uh, Starshoot. Um, there's David victory speech. Test. Victory speech, and then at the end of it, it is uh, Pre- unintended. Intendups. 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 That's like the thing Nintendo. Okay. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us in the Captain's Ray Room, and stay tuned for the hottest segment yet, pop culture. Transfer of data is complete. Hey, welcome back to the Junto Show. I'm Lance, and Game of Thrones is here. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got, man? Uh, let me see. And the, the Night King wins. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm still Johnny, and uh, Sansa's going to win. Right. Uh, and I'm Bo, and I'm going for the hound. Yeah, I love that guy. Right. <laughs> okay, so okay, uh, yeah. this is our world-famous <laughs> pop culture segment where we talk about the most uh, interesting and entertaining things going on in the world of media. So stay tuned for two hours of Game of Thrones talk. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, if... Uh, dedicated listeners remember that one episode we did where we tried to do a game of thrones recap and i have so much respect for people that do good game of thrones recaps because that was hard as hell <laughs> to do and especially like you got to really know your stuff so if you have a favorite game of thrones recap out there your favorite content producer is working hard on it and uh you should appreciate it <laughs> all right so johnny well um so obviously game of thrones is here six episodes it's gonna be fantastic um so instead of talking about the actual episodes itself, I'll talk about the behind the scenes and the bonus content. And so if you have HBO now, obviously you have access to all those additional content. Oh, I don't well. watch that stuff. <laughs> it's worth it. It's fun. You get to go through that stuff. Like for instance, there's the uh, the special effects uh, team or the uh, cinematography oh. team or the camera team, and they kind of recap like, "Hey, I've been working on this set for like the last like eight plus years. This is like their decade of life. You know, this wow. is their contribution to society." And they're just kind of talking about how is evolved from uh, then to now. And it's just kind of cool seeing the stuff they, they went through. I would watch the special features or something like that with the VFX people or something like that. But I, I think what I try to avoid is like the director or the writer talking about the episode because um, the little bit of it I have seen, it's like a, they'll tell you what really happened or what they or their interpretation of the particular scene. And I'm like, oh, I didn't get that from that. Mm-hmm. So th- and then it like excuse my uh, conspiracy theories about what's going to happen to get their insight into it. And, and then they'll try to talk around stuff, but then, you know, I'm too smart for them. So I can kind of figure stuff out. So I'm just like, nah, I, I like to believe that anything can happen based on what you show. Some stuff is ambiguous. And then they're like, no, this is what I thought. I'm like, no, she's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I know better than you. Uh, what do you know? David Benoff. <laughs> All right. Bo? Right, um, as far as pop culture in general or Game of Thrones? Yeah, anything you want to add for Game of Thrones? Oh, so uh, we've seen, what, two of them? Yeah, we're two, two down, third one's coming. Uh, so I think uh, both you seen one episode. I've only seen one. Good, bad, other. Um, Everything uh, other would be. I, I, it's a little slow, a little mm-hmm. slow, but it's kind of like you know get the gang back together, yeah. you know Just about to the go on the road. Together. I think yeah. they're pulling back the slingshot right now, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, and that's. Uh, <laughs> it's coming. That's, well, I've never heard a slingshot say that, make that noise, but. Uh, <laughs> So, so, okay. <laughs> so, you want to do my uh, my Netflix roundup again? Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's what they're here for, Johnny. <laughs> Man, I uh, I exist to consume Netflix. Apparently, <laughs> so here's the running list: Triple Frontier, 
That's the, uh, what was that one? It's the movie starring Oscar Isaac, I guess. Uh, Ben Affleck, uh, the guy from Tron, the uh, guy from King Arthur, and I'm sure there's another guy in Charlie there. Charlie Hunnam? Yeah. Is this, is this the one where they go after the money from the drug dealers? Drug dealers, yeah. yeah. I thought you talked about this. Yeah. We did, but here's the additional twist. What demographic do you think that movie is going for? Netflix uh, subscribers. Old. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say... Thing. Uh, I would say the uh, five military guys going in and ro- robbing a drug dealer. Ma- MAGA country. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it was a hit with the ladies. Oh, it's five guys. Oh. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. You, Oscar Isaac is a, a huge sex symbol. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hit with the ladies. It was a hit with the ladies. Netflix claims it was a huge hit with the ladies. Okay, so right. the ladies have tuned in to watch these five guys. I guess do their thing. So all right. Yeah. So, so that was interesting. I, I understand that the ladies gravitate to the old Junto show too for the uh, dulcet tones of my voice. <laughs> 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 Combines oh. teenager at the burger shop with T A from your favorite uh, engineering course. <laughs> So um, so these next two movies, one of them is a huge dud, and one of them is a huge um, mud. Fantastic movie. Oh, right. So much crap on Netflix, Johnny. It's, right. it's, it's great. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, wait, so wait. which one are you going to hear first? The recommendation for the awesome movie or the crappy movie? How about you give us the two names, and then I'll tell you which is which. Okay. All right. Okay. Movie one is called Unicorn Store. Okay. Movie okay. two is called... Don Wall. Don spelled D A W N. Don Don Wall. Don Wall. Don Wall is a dud. Unicorn Store is a hit. Yeah, Unicorn Store has uh, Samuel Jackson and uh, and Brie Larson. You think that one's a hit? Yeah, it was a huge dud. Uh, yeah. Oh man, it was I almost horrible. It. Okay, yeah. it was horrible, man. So Brie Larson, Captain Marvel's yeah. directorial debut. Oh, is that right? Yeah, oh, I really wanted to like it. See, I actually watched it all the way through. You think it just wasn't your cup? Like it wasn't for you? Like it's supposed to be a hit with the ladies, and then you know you're just it, too too masculine to enjoy. I think it would. Would I like it? <laughs> exactly. Is well, it for a uh, almost the target demographic is a female bow? Okay, a foe. <laughs> <laughs> female bow would love it. Yeah, that's yes. probably true. So, no, no good. But Don Wall is a bit of a documentary about. Um, Tommy Caldwell, who is a, so he's a real life rock climber, right? Most of you have probably heard about the movie Free Solo, the dude who climbed El Capitan with no rope. Yep. I've heard that there's yeah. a movie it, about a rock climber. Yeah. It won the Oscar for a documentary this year. Um, Free Solo did, right? I watched it. It was a good movie. Obviously, it's impressive for you to get up there without a rope, whatever. It's super dangerous, obviously. What Tommy Caldwell did with El Capitan was there are multiple routes to get up this wall, right? He actually figured out his own route on the toughest face of the wall. Like, there's one face of the wall that's kind of like very sheer, very smoothish, right? So nobody's ever figured out how to climb that side of the wall, but he did. It took him several, several years with the partner, and him and the partner finally pieced it all together and so did like he it. Goes up a couple, a couple, like a hundred feet or whatever. One day, writes it down and then does it. Goes back up the same hundred feet and keeps going back up. That's so how people do that. Season after season, him and his partner would go up there. Take the wall section by section, figure out which are the good handholds, try to piece it together. Hey, wow. does this connect with that one? Can I reach that one This in this maneuver? Years for them to figure this out, right? And there's some tough sequences in this thing. And that's not even the most important, the most like amazing part. Like His life story is amazing. The guy was kidnapped um, while he was climbing internationally by these terrorist dudes. 
and he had to do some pretty when, crazy when? stuff to survive it when he was what, like what's this, what's this era is this like a this guy alive now he's alive right now okay he 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 actually helped the free solo dude climb his wall okay hmm. so so he escaped the terrorist thing after days and days of starvation and he, breaking through he climb up the building <laughs> <laughs> ah, my, his one what's what's opposite weakness his one strength the walls of the building. <laughs> <laughs> well, ha- we'll have him up here in this tall building, like Rapunzel. He'll never get away. <laughs> and, w- 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 one more thing, I'll shut up about this guy. His uh, his origin story, whatever it was, uh, he was a climber as a child. So him and his dad went to this uh, professional climbing competition to watch the professionals climb, and they saw a flyer saying, "Hey, amateurs, go enter this contest, and the winner of the amateur gets a free entry into the professional thing." Hmm. Right, so he enters, he wins it, he climbs a professional one, and he's the only one that actually made it to the top oh, of man. the professional. So he actually won the whole thing, and that's how he got famous. That's so great! Like a, a yeah. father uh, really embracing his son who loved to climb. The things we do for love. It's a great movie. I almost cried. Yeah, it's been a while since it happened. I would say that if if uh, I took my uh, my son over to somewhere and I shot and he won a you know a championship the first time. I would be like gobsmacked. I'd be like, "Oh my god, what?" Yeah. And yeah. nerdy as I am, like if my kid showed any aptitude in anything, I'm like, Whoo. <laughs> "What a relief!" <laughs> okay, uh, so let me see. I'll I'll go next here. So I've got a couple new things on my radar to share with the old uh, Hunter crowd. Recommendations: um, the show Barry on Netflix. Uh, I think it comes on after Game of Thrones. So while you're there, come for the dragons, stay for the comedic assassin. It's a super duper good. It's got uh, ex SNL alumni Bill Hader starring as a uh, assassin turned um, actor. It's great. A lot of pathos in it. Blah blah blah. It's a good show. Uh, I also am watching a show called Deadly Class on the Sci Fi Network, and it's got um what's his name Wong from um I think it's Benedict Wang or something like that. Uh, maybe Benedict Wong. Maybe is he's a uh, like the leader or the headmaster of a high school that is training assassins basically and like it's got really good fight scenes the russo brothers of marvel film and infinity war directors are like producers on the show so it's got like really good production value it's a uh, pretty good it also stars uh lana condor um who recently started that big uh netflix uh hit uh to all the boys i've loved before oh, so. i've heard that's good yeah. Yeah. so i really enjoy deadly class i recommend that and um my last one to uh, tell my next go around is there. There's I don't know if you guys heard about this show called Underground. It was um it was like a it was on the WGN or like whatever that 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 network. Um and it's like a a, a slavery show. It's like set in 1800s America, like oh. on a plantation, and you're following. Excuse me. Basically, the Underground Railroad and the, these slaves uh, try to escape from their plantation, and, and it carries and it shows uh, like the brutality of slavery. It's like It'll go from it just being the most sad, infuriating experience of of slavery that you can imagine. You just remind it like these people were horrible people that would do this. But then it'll be like an amazing action scene where it's like they're escaping and it's like a, a heist scene every couple episodes where they're like trying to get away. And the acting's good and the show's good and it hits it well me in right in the old uh, racism genes. Right. <laughs> so it's like it hits on a couple of different cylinders for me. It's a really good show. It got canceled after two seasons because I think it was too expensive. But um like I'm going back and watching it now instead of when it was on. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, the show's really good. I should have watched it when it was on. Okay. Yep. All right. Who's next? Uh well, so I guess that'd be me. I'd be next. 
Um, so I haven't been consuming that much media. I think Game of Thrones was the big the big hitter that I, I try to do. Um, I've been watching a lot of YouTube um, British panel shows. British panel? Yeah, so so it's a Hollywood thing. Squares? It's kind of like... I <laughs> because like, Boa has exhausted the internet. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> a panel? Like a discussions? Hello, mate. Well, like, how's it having healthcare? Free healthcare over here? Oh, you know, it's pretty good. You know, it's minus dental, you know, but, you know, I make it do. All right, all right, ready to go. All right, so how you feel about that over there? Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm having a good time over here in Britain. You know, the teeth's good. Teeth, <laughs> all right. Good panel, good panel. All right, see you later. <laughs> uh, well, uh, not as much teeth discussion actually, but you're pretty close. It's essentially a host and like four other comedians or something like that, and the host says something, you know, puts something out there, and then comedians kind of banter about it. Ah. And so there's a couple different shows. There's um, uh, there's QI. That was the first one I was watching. Is quite interesting. That is what it stands uh, for, for. QI for the straight guy. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, uh, Stephen Fry was a host for that for a long time, and then there is uh, Countdown, which is um, he's uh, the famous British comedian that does a lot of smack talk and takedowns of people. Gervais? Uh, not Gervais, uh, but if you saw him, you would know him. Uh, and he also does eight out of ten cats. Uh, so the cross the cross dresser guy? No, that'd be Eddie Izzard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, not not Eddie Izzard. Um, so, like <laughs> so those pretty good. I I think those are pretty funny. Uh, like, how did, did you stumble upon that? Is yeah. it a thing you knew existed and you sought it out? Kind of. I I think I've heard about it, and mm-hmm. then I started watching it, and then it's just it's just comedians kind of just joking all for a while. So it's kind of funny. You fascinate me every week, though. <laughs> <laughs> so so I found that I've been kind of listening to that. So I'm I'm, I'm waiting till that that train kind of runs its course. Um, and the other thing is I. S- started watching but i haven't finished uh cocaine island uh go on so cocaine <laughs> island is it's kind of like um uh breaking bad but in florida i guess is the the one way to describe it where where, where what platform is this on that's netflix okay so this Co- is netflix cocaine it's a netflix uh, i don't know kind of documentary what they do is they it looks like they get the actual people that tried to go through with this mm-hmm. right and i haven't finished it so there's a the end part and then they interview them and they kind of get them to recreate what they what they tried to do hmm. and essentially what it is is uh in archer florida which is right outside of gainesville right some this this construction worker uh who was booming back in the the heyday uh he's down on his luck and so i guess like his local pot dealer friend or something like that was like his son's friend who was like selling him pot or something was telling him um uh he would he would tell these stories about this another uh guy that lived in archer florida when he was like counting turtles in this island in puerto rico had found a bag of cocaine that or a duffel bag of cocaine that washed ashore who among us hasn't been counting turtles and then stumbled upon a kilo <laughs> of cocaine well this he might have actually been like a, a marine <laughs> biologist or something and, and and those two hobbies intersect obviously yeah clearly <laughs> that's what the shells for yeah so so the marine biologist he buried the cocaine on the island and then the construction worker and this drug dealer tried to go get it and then um i guess um hilarity ensues or, or whatever happened. <laughs> yeah she wrote that <laughs> <laughs> but uh i would it's 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 funny so i would recommend but it's a true story i don't know if it's true i don't think it is oh, okay you, yeah. said, you said a documentary well, oh but it's like one of those like the office is a documentary type no of thing? not not like that it'd be like if if 
a documentary, sh- uh, a film crew had followed us around. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, you tried to go dig up some cocaine or something like that. Let's recreate that in the reenactment. Film. Reenactment, yeah, yeah. It's like those uh, crime shows or something that where they reenact the crime. Yeah, like drunk history. Uh, yeah, I guess kind of like. That. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so speaking of fake documentaries, I'm also watching this uh, show called What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, Bo, you like that movie? If yeah. you haven't seen that movie, yeah, the, the show is based off the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the show's good too. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> Pretty good production value on it too. They turn into bats and stuff. Oh, so it's a it's a fake documentary <laughs> or it's a docu- a mockumentary about these uh, vampires living in like New Jersey or whatever, and they just like New Jersey. I thought it was New Zealand. Well, they're New Zealand people who live in New Jersey. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because uh, okay, they were sent to uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you got to get away from Romania and come over to to America to cop, to take it over. Okay, but they didn't get around to it. They just kind of ate pizza bites and <laughs> hung out in their house. Yeah, it's a uh, so it's it's um from the creative mind of Taika Waititi, the director and writer of Thor Ragnarok and the What We Do in the Shadows, and it's a a goofy it's like the office but for vampires basically it's stupid or what really more like flat of the concords but for vampires it's yeah. good so there's one scene and if you watch the movie there's one scene that I, I thought was pretty funny is the vampires going around and they're kind of like uh, a gang of vampires and they meet up with a gang of werewolves and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a werewolf scene the werewolves they still got beef in the show <laughs> yeah and they they go out there and they have beef and then the main werewolf he's like uh he's he's trying to calm his pack down and he's uh like barking at him and stuff. <laughs> it's funny it's uh, it's, it's, it's Irreverent. It's good. Okay, that's it. That's all for me. All for you? No, here. Okay, I got one more. So the oh. best. Uh, I definitely recommend the new Mortal Kombat video game. So good, so good. Uh, you guys should go out there and order two copies: one for home, one for the office. I recommend it highly. <laughs> 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 all right. So uh, thank you for listening to the Hunto Show. Speaking of things, you should uh, rate highly. Rate us on iTunes, five stars and five stars only. We appreciate it greatly. Please send us to a friend. Tell them it's great. Lie, whatever. I don't care. As long as they get it, it's good by me. Appreciate you for listening. Appreciate you for being a subscriber at patreon.com slash show. All right. And until then, signing off, I'm Lance. I'm Johnny. I'm Bo. See you next time.